welcome to the Millennial Pastor Podcast. I'm your host for today's special, initial, inaugural episode. My name is Josiah. I have an author on today's episode. His name is Brent Neely, and he's been on the show before. But before we get to Brent, I'm actually actively thinking through what to call this segment. So Brent, this is your surprise that I told you I didn't have for you, but here it is. I don't even know what to call this segment. The Millennial Author, the hashtag blessed edition of book right i what like what should we call episodes where we're just talking to authors that are bonus episodes on top of our regular season uh episodes that's a good question uh <laughs> i've not taken any time to think about that <laughs> because um, i told you i didn't have a surprise for right you. terrible no i'm uh, I, I like the idea of the millennial author, um, just to play on with with the theme of the show already. Or uh, you said hashtag blessed, uh, you know, hashtag blessed to have written a book. Right. We need to incorporate hashtag into it somehow. That's where I'm stuck as well. So we're, for today's episode, we're going to just call it the millennial author edition of the millennial pastor podcast. And if you have an idea of what we should call this. And if it incorporates hashtag bless, then you're going to get like probably an avocado participation trophy uh, (laughs) in your hearts, because I'll probably not actually buy that and send it or anything. But today's episode is truly and actually and seriously about profiling a millennial author, namely Brent Neely. So we're going to talk to him about this book that that he published recently. It just came out, what, a week or two ago? Yeah, I think the official day that it officially came out was December 20th. December 20th of 2022, right? Mm-hmm. Correct. And, and it's called The Book of Ancient Prayers, 365 plus prayers from the saints of the church. So That's correct. Literally a prayer a day if you want to use it in that way. Yeah, yeah, and essentially that that's what it was uh, created for was basically so each day, if you wanted to, you could open it up, and that day of the year, you could could find a prayer um, that that you could pray that day based on somebody throughout history. Well, I want to talk to you more about the book, but let's get to know the author a, just a slight bit better. For those of you who are listening to this for the first time, you will see in our show notes the first time Brent appeared on this podcast. And I, gosh, I don't have it before me. I think you are on our third or fourth ever episode. Yeah, I want to say it was in 2017. It was, I remember I was living in Minnesota, so I know that was a couple was years a little, ago. No, no, weren't you living in Maine? No, it was it was in Minnesota, and I remember because I was walking around my living room. Oh my goodness! It's and I kept all... thinking, "Is this gonna is this gonna have decent sound quality <laughs> as I'm walking around the house on a phone in your living room?" <laughs> yeah, and and pushing. Well, how, five or six years later, we, we do everything on Zoom. So here we are. Yeah, who would have known? So give us an update. We're going we're gonna to hope that listeners take the time to listen to that slightly less audio quality episode to get to know you, where you talk about being a pastor that has tattoos. You talk about your love of saints and, and icons and how it actually has a place in Protestant circles. We had another episode where you you had kind of a COVID observation of what it's like to do ministry with uh, one of our friends, Latia Frazier. But mm-hmm. let's just assume people sort of know some of what you've done because of this podcast and give us the latest and greatest. Namely, I think you have a title change. 
Yeah, yeah, I do. Uh, depending on the circles I run around in, some people know me as Brother Albert Bede. Um, it's a Benedictine name. As odd as it is, I am both a Nazarene and a Benedictine monk, uh, part of a Benedictine communion or Benedictine community, excuse me, through the Anglican communion. Um, it's a dispersed order, and so we all live separately, but we come together a few times a year, and we live by the role of St. Benedict, and we practice um, praying the daily offices, so set prayers multiple times a day, and um, I even scared my DS a little bit. He thought that I was going to show up to our district assemblies um, wearing a monastic habit, uh, which I do have one, but I told him out of respect for him and others that I wouldn't... Uh, I wouldn't freak anybody out too early. But yeah, so a lot of people, um, if they follow my, I have an Instagram uh, just of haikus that I've written. Um, and I use my monastic name there. Um, so yeah, some people know me as Brother Albert Bede. And how long have you been a part of this Benedictine community? Yeah, so I initially, so there, there's multiple steps. Um, you kind of begin as just an inquirer or somebody that's kind of interested in the community, kind of getting to know them. They're getting to know you. And that started uh, probably a year and a half ago or so, maybe a little longer, maybe a little shorter. Um, and then on May 8th of this year, I, I officially entered the order as a postulant. And actually just a couple of weeks ago in the beginning of November, um, I moved into the novitiate which is the the next stage um, of progression into the monastic life. Is that essentially novice? Is that what that means? Yep. Mm -hmm. I, I didn't even take Latin. Brent, aren't you proud of me? Did I'm so that? proud of you. There's an inside joke that I continue to tell everyone, and they didn't, and it originates with you. So I feel like, again, just so people, it's not so inside. Brent is the originator of, and you didn't even go to seminary. I'm so proud of you, Josiah, um, which I... <laughs> Uh, yeah, lovingly continue that joke even when you're not on the podcast. So thank you for yeah, that. So tell hey, me whatever I can do to support you, man. Right. Tell me briefly what you're doing as far as Protestant ministry goes, and then we're going to dive into this book. Yeah. Um, so I've have my hat in a couple different rings. I'm currently an associate pastor with my wife Annie at a local church here in Kansas City, Belton New Horizons, um, which has just been an absolute gift. It's such a such a wonderful congregation to be a part of and, and such a cool pastoral team um, that that we have there. So I've been doing that and part of um part of my work there has been helping them um in spiritual formation and spiritual practices. So I've gotten to incorporate some uh monastic practices and monastic theology into some of the work that we're doing there. I'm also serving as a hospice chaplain, um, which is which is really fun and unique in ways. Um, obviously, people dying is not fun, but getting to know their families and getting to know them and, and journeying with them through the end of life um, has really been been a huge blessing for me. Um, it's just been an absolute great experience. And then the probably the the final area. Um, of my ministry right now is academic. Um, you know, Josiah did not go to seminary and I decided to continue on in seminary again. Um, so I'm currently working on my doctorate, which is looking at monasticism within the church of the Nazarene and what the possibilities there are. Interesting. 
Is there a thesis forthcoming that we'll get to read and and take a look at publicly or no? Yeah, uh, if people if, if people want some good bedtime reading, they can they can take a look at it. They uh, I just turned in my second draft of the dissertation last night at midnight, um, realizing that I only actually edited about half of it. So, if my advisors ever listen to this, please have mercy. <laughs> I'm sure they're just combing the internet for any time you show up on a podcast. <laughs> That'd be fantastic. All right. Well, let's shift gears. If you, uh, if you're, if you're okay with it, let's talk about this, this book that you wrote. You published with a plain account. Is that their publishing name? Is just a plain account? Correct. Yeah. Which is uh, appropriate because it's basically a whole bunch of millennials within the Nazarene Church that created a nonprofit to do stuff like mm-hmm. this. They have a lectionary. They have a podcast themselves. Shout out, and uh, they they now have a publishing extension arm to what they do, and you published a book with them you're the first book that they've published is that right i am yeah i was i was not the first author signed um i just happen to be the first one to get published um there's actually at least at least two more um authors that i know that are currently writing books for them and i guess technically kind of retroactively we had put out a lenten and advent devotional um uh, both of those seasons and so those technically are their first books that that were published um but this was the first one under the new kind of identity of, of their publishing wing being the first is always an interesting endeavor i don't know if we have i mean i, I guess briefly how long from idea to publishing Can you just give me how long that took i'm always a little curious about that yeah, so with this, I want to say it was right around Easter of 2022 um, that Danny Quanstrom messaged me, or he gave me a call, and he said, hey, Kayla, my wife really enjoyed the prayers that you, sorry, I don't know if you could hear that, we have massive thunder that just like shook the house. <laughs> Um, so his wife, Kayla, said that she really enjoyed the prayers in the Lenten devotional. And she was like, it'd be really cool if we had something like that for like an entire year. And so Danny said, how do you feel about doing something like that? Um, and so, you know, it's kind of a, a misnomer that I, I wrote the book. Uh, very little of what's in this book was actually written by me. A lot of it was just gathered and collected and edited and kind of put together. Um, but yeah, so I would say it probably took roughly six months of uh, going through the resources, finding, you know, good prayers and prayers from all over. And I really tried to have a, a vast range of, of the people and the prayers that were included in this book. So if I were a betting man, business were Nazarene, I obviously never bet. Uh, what, what is it about prayers? I would have, I would have bet money that you were going to write a book on saints on icons on ancient liturgies why a book on prayer yeah again part of it a major shout out to kayla was she suggested it and it was something for me to do um but part of it you know for me i've been so shaped by the words of the saints and by their prayers um for the last several years i've I've found a prayer from a saint that I've kind of carried with me 
um, usually physically on a, on a small piece of paper that I keep in my wallet. Um, and so with this, I mean, it was both, you know, I, it's an area that I love, um, you know, the, the saints, the church history, as well as wanting to grow in my own prayer life and wanting to help others grow in their prayer. Um, you know, cause I think a lot of what this book does is not only does it like introduce us to prayers of people that came before us, it, it shows us there, there's a multitude of ways to pray. Um, you know, one of the things I, I told Danny when I first sent it off to him, I was like, just so you know, I don't agree with every prayer in this book, hmm. you know, for the most part, I, I align with most of it pretty well, but there's a few things that, that somebody will say, and I'm like, mm, I would not have worded it like that. But I want to show that, you know, throughout the years, even how we pray has evolved, um, what we focus on, the, the, the way we say things, um, the knowledge that we have and, and stuff like that. Hmm. But I cut you off. What were you saying? Well, I was going to say, I was going to ask if you had a specific example. I mean, I'm scrolling through it. And I'm not sure I'll find something to bring <laughs> up. But if you don't have one off the top of your head, I can ask my next question. No, that's all right. Um, so I don't remember exactly what the prayer is, and I don't even know if I actually disagree with it. Um, but I know Danny got a kick out of it. He goes, I'm glad to see you even included a prayer from John Calvin. Oh, <laughs> um, and you know, for, for, for us as Wesleyans, you know, they're kind of our, our, our tribal. Sure. Um, sure. Yeah. I mean, just there's, there's some language at different points that I'm like, I don't know if I would have phrased it like this. Um, well, I mean, again, it's interesting. I mean, you have these, so like you have Dietrich Bonhoeffer, you have St. Mm-hmm. Augustin, Augustine or Augustine of Hippo. How do you say it? Uh, so uh, me and my best friend debate this all the time. I'm on team Augustine. Okay, fair enough. That's yeah. how I would have said it, but I was trying to say it how I thought you were going to say it. Is that? No, no. Anybody that says that Augustine is uh, pretentious. Oh my God. You heard it here first, folks. St. <laughs> St. Ambrose of Milan. Uh, Mary McRae, Kenneth the Carpenter. You have so many people, all of which you, I guess would have the title of saint or, or no. Yeah. So not all of them. Um, so the ones that have been like, you know, uh, officially canonized um, either through the Catholic church, the Orthodox church or the Anglican communion, I tended to put saint in front of their names. Um, but for others that have just kind of been in church history that, that we may consider saints, um, you know, like John Wesley. I didn't put St. John Wesley because most people would not know him as such. Um, sure. You know, if, if you say St. Patrick, people know who you're talking about um, compared to just saying Patrick or something like that. So, so I kind of just kept what their typical titles would be. So why not? I, one of my go-to, if I'm thinking through ordinary liturgies or things that kind of form my day, uh, the Book of Common Prayer for Ordinary Radicals is sort of this updated book on the Book of Common Prayer by Shane Claiborne. I think someone else worked on it. I can't remember who. Um, uh, Jonathan Hartgrove Wilson. So why not? Wilson Hartgrove. Why, why not a book on ancient prayers that were sort of updated or inspired, inspired by ancient prayers by Brent? Like, why not an original prayer book as opposed to a book of ancient prayers by saints or, or historic Christians? Yeah, well, part of it is I, I already say way too much, um, and I don't think anybody needs to hear more of me than they already do. Um, but yeah, part of it, again, was I just, 
I, I think for us to continue to grow and learn, we need to know what came before us. Um, you know, one of the best ways to learn how to pray is, is to pray, you know, it, you just kind of have to do it. And so utilizing these prayers that others have written, that others have prayed and said, you know, I, this isn't just, okay, this is what I think. This is Brent's theology, but rather this is the theology that has been woven in and throughout the church. Um, You know, and, and theology ebbs and flows at certain points, certain things tend to rise to the top and, and things kind of fall away. And so for me, what was important in, in this book is not really saying, okay, this is what I think, but rather just saying, hey, we have an abundance of resources out there. Let's collect some of these together so that people can start learning about some of this. You know, because ideally what I would want, you know, I don't want somebody to come and say, you know, oh, Brent thinks this, but rather I want them to see something, to read a prayer and say, oh, I wonder what the Theologica Germanica is. I really like that prayer. I, I wonder what else is there, you know? So as a, as a way to introduce a, a larger arena of prayer, if you will, I guess. So a two-part question for you then. Uh, what draws you to all this? You know, the saints, the prayers, ancient liturgies, icons, all these historical Christian things, right? People, persons, place, nouns, ancient Christian nouns. Maybe that's what I'm going to call it. <laughs> Uh, but also, where where do you go? I mean, I'm, I I guess books is a very simple answer. But if someone if someone's interested in finding out more about you know who who it is that prayed, where where are they going to go to do this? Because you did an immense amount of research. So, is it something that ordinary people can do as well? Yeah. So if if I write a second book anytime soon, I I think I might steal that name, Ancient Christian Nouns. That's a <laughs> that's a really good title. Please do. Uh, yeah, and so so what draws me to it is, I mean, so if I'm honest, if I just look around the world and look at things as how they appear to be, it would be really easy to have little hope. Sure. Um, you know, it, it'd be really easy to see that things are messed up, things aren't the way they should be. But looking at at those that have come before me and seeing that they've had hope, that, that they've sustained the faith, that they've continued on even in the midst of, of chaos and persecution and, and highs and lows and, and all sorts of things. For me, it's, you know, they, they help to carry my faith because um, I, I don't think I could carry my faith alone. And so looking at those who have come before me and seeing, okay, I'm, I'm not crazy to believe in the resurrection because people for generations before me have, have believed in this exact same ridiculous claim that, that God became human. And then as a human, he lived and died and then was raised again. And because of his uh, overcoming of death and because of his resurrection, we are now made free in a way we've never known before. It'd be easy for me to, to find that hard to believe if it wasn't for others who have so faithfully and so well lived out that faith um and i'm also drawn to them because you know especially with the saint there's there's a saint for any and all occasion you know and anything that somebody is going through there's a saint that has gone through something like it you know it it shows that we can be christian in in a number of ways that you know there there's no cookie cutter saint 
you know, they're, they're all, they're all just being themselves and who God made them to be. And so for me, it's an encouragement that, okay, if this person can be a saint, maybe I can too. Where, where does the, the second half, the ordinary person like me that didn't yeah. go to seminary, where, uh, where can they, I mean, Wikipedia, right. Is the default, I suppose, but give me, give me two, a twofold answer. What, what is an ordinary person going to do if they want to learn more about someone they see a prayer of in your book? Uh, and then give me a little piece of the research you did. What is the material? Where are you finding this stuff? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, this will sound, you know, tongue in cheek, but really Google, I mean, Google's a great place to, um, you know, because people have done exactly this. They've gathered, you know, these prayers or information from people and, and they've brought it together. Um, you know, a, a lot of the, the stuff that I've found is kind of twofold. Some of it was, yeah, going to the library and finding books that others have written or finding, um, you know, finding biographies of saints, different people like that, different people that I really wanted, wanted to include um, and seeing some of their prayers that were listed there. Some of it was just prayers that I had learned throughout the last several years and drawing on them and saying, oh, yeah, you know, I know this person had some good prayers. Let me look up what other prayers they've had out there. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, there, there's all sorts of books of prayers, um, all sorts of, um, resources. Like if you see behind me, that little gold book, it's just a 365 day book of the saint. Hmm. Um, and that, you know, things like that were part of where I looked to, it's like, okay, what, who celebrated on the third day of the year? Hmm. Okay. Let's, let's see if I can find a prayer from them. Which which um, had been a staple of your social media, I believe, right? Didn't you used mm -hmm. to highlight that pretty regularly? Yeah, yeah. I've not been as great about it now. Um, but yeah, you know, even like today, <laughs> silly example, uh, I, I just got a little betta fish um, and I named him Seraphim because <laughs> today is the feast of St. Seraphim. So, of course you would. You know, I was like, okay, like, what's a good name? Oh, today's this guy's feast day. Um, so yeah, but really, I mean, as, as silly an answer as it is, Google's a really good place to just search, you know, hey, I I heard of Hilary Apatiers, like, what are some of their prayers that, that he prayed? So. And then is that a similar, uh, is that the similar space you were in just researching for yourself for this book? Or do you have a secret monastic library you have access to that ordinary <laughs> folks don't? I don't know if it's secret, but no, I mean, I do have uh, several, I mean, I have an entire shelf just dedicated to to different prayer books. Um, there's one, it's like, it's like a book like this thick. Um, it's a, it's a Celtic prayer book, you know, and opening that and, and seeing, okay, what are some good prayers in here? Um, so, yeah, I mean, really it was, it was just a mixture of, of one using Google um, going to a couple different Catholic websites or a couple different Anglican websites, um, kind of going to those people that have already done some of the good work and just kind of taking from them to be like, okay, like you guys found these prayers. Now let me kind of take and compile as I need to, to kind of create a resource that will be not a, um, what's the word I'm looking for? It, it's not a comprehensive book of prayer, but it's, it's a introduction, you know, it, 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 it introduces a whole range of people and resources 
rather than, hey, these are all the prayers of St. Augustine, or these are all the prayers of St. Polycarp, or anything like that. It's rather, hey, here's a saint you might want to look up. Here, Here's a resource you might want to look up. So you, you essentially answered this in the intro in, in the very beginning as to why a book of prayer is because of your, your publisher's wife. Uh, essentially yeah. you, you got the idea and inspiration from your publisher's wife to write this book. So instead of asking, uh, you know, who, who it's for, because maybe it's for her, um, who do you hope, uh, will get something from this book and what do you hope they get from it? Uh, it seems like I could, I could make some assumptions on face value. You're hoping Christians, those that, you know, might attend faith communities regularly, et cetera, et cetera this book but i don't want to just assume that so it's it's a little open-ended and it's a little bit i'm skewing the question slightly because you sort of answered it in the beginning but who do you think benefits from this book and what is it that they're benefiting from uh as our final wrap-up question yeah so the people that i really hope utilize this or or, or pick it up are those that that just don't know what's out there i mean if if you're somebody that's that's well educated in in Christian history. Um, you know, you you probably won't run into too many people or too many resources that you haven't seen before. I mean, some of them are are a little bit obscure. Um, like one was a prayer that was written on a piece of papyrus that was found, like in a in a pottery shard or pottery shard or something like that. Um, but for the most part, like who I hope reads this and who I hope utilize this is just your average ordinary Christian. That's, Hey, I, I, I want to know a little bit more about prayer. I, I want to pray a little differently than I have. Um, you know, it, it's my hope that as people utilize this, they see like, Oh, you know, those people with the word, you know, the word saint in front of their name doesn't just mean that they're quote unquote Catholic and bad or, or scary or anything like that. But, but their prayers are are at times similar to mine, or or maybe I'm challenged by their prayers. And so it's my hope that that really anybody can utilize this. Um, that it's not something that you have to be way up here to understand. But that you know somebody can see it, they can pick it up and be like, oh, I'm I'm really curious to see who who's prayed before me and how they've prayed before me and. You know, the, the thing that I, I really like about this, um, it has prayers from the earliest known Christian prayer outside of scriptures, which was a prayer that was written by St. Clement, all the way up to, I, I think, I'm like 98% sure that the most recent prayer is the one that if you follow it throughout the year, it'll, it'll fall on September 11th, um, a prayer by Father Michael Judge, who who died on September 11th um, um, in, in the twin towers. Um, It's a prayer that he prayed each and every morning. And so it's, it's my hope that anybody can pick this up and see this broad range ranging from right after the book of Acts to literally the, 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 the turn of the century and to see, Oh, people have been, been praying in such unique ways for 21 centuries now or however long it's been so despite it being tongue-in-cheek google helping us uh, what it does represent is is the breadth and width of god's people trying to 
commune with the divine. So that's actually, that's pretty great. Um, uh, I did not know that. I did not know it spanned that, that big a time gap. I'm, I must have missed a few pages. My apologies, Brent. The book is called The Book of Ancient Prayers, 365 plus prayers from the saints of the church. The author is Brent Neely, and we're going to put an affiliate link in the description of this episode. Uh, it's on Amazon. That's where the link will take you, and you can support Brent. Um, and by clicking it, though, since it's an affiliate link, it also supports this podcast as well. So as we close, Brent, I would like to say thank you for joining me on this podcast. Uh, any other fun uh, questions of my lack of seminary degree we need to go over before we end it? No, I I don't think so. Um, again, I, I just hope anybody and everybody that, that utilizes this resource is both challenged by it um, and that they are able to connect with the larger church. Um, I, I didn't say this in, in the previous questions, um, but, you know, one of the things that I think about is I think about people like some of my family members that aren't really connected with the church outside of the church of the Nazarene. And that I hope a resource like this, you know, can, can show them a, a bigger world, a, a bigger church than the one that we've known. Um, but other than that, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm hoping people, people read it, that they are introduced to a, a broad range of people and resources. And I hope ultimately that God's glorified through it. Awesome. Well, thank you for doing it, Brent. Once again, the book is available in the link below the book of ancient prayers by Brent Neely. We'll also probably put a plain accounts website in there so you can get more information about the publisher as well. Uh, I've been your host for what are we calling this? The millennial author version of this podcast? Is that what we landed on initially, Brent? I don't know. The blessed millennial author. The ble- Yeah, hashtag blessed author edition. I don't know. <laughs> Whatever it's called. Thanks, Brent, for being on it with us. I've been your host, Josiah, and this is the Millennial Pastor Podcast. Join us for the next episode. <laughs>